are here, episode seven of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Dexter Henry, Brian Fonseca. It's been a while since it's been just Finally. the two of us. <laughs> uh, first, we'd like to thank people who watched the live edition of our podcast where we had some guests on a couple weeks ago. It was a special edition, but now we are back to your regularly scheduled program here. Brian Fonseca, Dexter Henry. No, no guests this week, just mm-hmm. us. So you get to enjoy us talking about, and a lot has gone on in the world of sports since we've been gone yeah um absolutely a lot of things going on not just sports either not just sports uh yeah everything entertainment politics uh harvey weinstein being crazy out there uh with (laughs) sexual harassment of women which is never good at all whatsoever and props to all the women who are coming forward and speaking out on this Um, so i just want to say that as a little aside um but the biggest thing for me that has me happy is you know i'm a league pass junkie Mm. And the NBA season has officially begun. Yes, sir. It started. Uh, we are underway. And a lot has happened. For most teams, it's been about six games. Most teams have played anywhere between four to six games. Yep. But a lot has happened. What are your thoughts about the NBA season early on and what we have seen? Players going down, all crazy stuff happening. What are your thoughts on what's going on with the NBA season? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we touched on this on the live edition a little bit about Gordon Hayward getting hurt. And yeah. Jeremy Lin is, uh, ends up getting out for the season. And for those of you who don't know, we also cover the Nets for Nets Daily. Uh, speaking of, I was at Nets versus Cavs earlier this week. Very good game. Yeah, and LeBron had eight turnovers, and they ended up beating the Cavs, and then they turned around Friday and got destroyed by your New York Knickerbockers. Woo! First win of the season for the Knicks. However, yes. you want to tank. Oh, yeah. So I don't think that, uh, that that's in line with your plans. Yeah, but I also didn't want to see the Knicks start off 0-8, and, and that win. Why not? But, the, nah, but, the, but if you're 0-82. You want to see players develop, so you, also, you don't want people to get used to losing. That's the, thing I, that's the one thing with tanking I think you always have to be careful about. Yes, you might want your team to necessarily try to get a higher draft pick, but you don't want those players to get comfortable with losing. <laughs> I don't want Porzingis, Frank Tilakina getting used to losing too much. So... I don't want them to win so, or be yeah. a playoff contender, but I want them to, you know, have a taste of winning. They got a taste of that. And um, I'll talk about when I got to see the Knicks live and close in person uh, in their home opener So like the disaster that that was. So, like, there's moderation in how much alcohol you should be drinking. There's moderation in how much losing you should be doing, too, as an NBA rookie. There's probably also moderation in how much Knicks, Knicks fans should be watching because that's a whole other story of, <laughs> of what, you sh- what you should be doing. But the Nets, let's talk about them because they, they're uh, three and three. I'm sure Nets fans will be happy we're starting to podcast with them and I don't think many people would have thought the Nets you look at the standings um, they've got to be one of the surprise teams thus far through six games the yeah. Nets at three and three Absolutely. Um, they're playing hard for Kenny Anderson they actually have no reason to incentive to want to tank mm-hmm. um, and they've been playing very well so what are your thoughts on them obviously we covered the team but what are your thoughts on them yeah and having you know we've seen them up close uh, and I saw them against the Cavs I mean they look and that was without D'Angelo Russell by the way without yeah. D'Angelo Russell without Jeremy Lin granted they beat a Cavs team that didn't have Dwayne Wade or Isaiah Thomas. And who stepped up big in that game? Friend yeah. of the podcast, yes. guest of the podcast, Spencer <laughs> Dinwiddie, was balling out of his mind in yes. that game, looking real good. So yeah, I'm proud to see he's he's really embracing his role, but I'll let you go back. I yeah, he, he had 22 points. The game after that, he had 11 assists yep. in the loss against the Knicks, which is yep. also his career high. But he seems to be running the offense better than D'Angelo Russell is so far. And, you know, so, there's obviously something to be said for his familiarity in the system having been in there a year earlier. D'Angelo Russell still has to get accustomed to it. But yeah. you know what these kind of things is. It'll, it'll take some time to gel, as we know. But 
once they hit their stride, I mean, we've already seen kind of like a prelude to this. Like, they're going to be a tough team for even the good teams to truly beat. Um, that's not to say they're going to be a team that's going to get 45 wins or whatever the case may be right off mm -hmm. the bat. Yeah. Um, I do think it's still possible that even without Jeremy Lin that they can get to 40, uh, although they do have some lingering, like, just nagging, you know, Quincy AC and Damari Carroll are kind of like day-to-day -day with some injuries. Uh, I believe both of them are out for the game that's going on right now. Uh, whenever you find us, we happen to be doing this while the Nets are playing the Denver Nuggets, yep. uh, which is 10 minutes away from where, you know, we're at. <laughs> but, yeah, so I think that with Brooklyn, uh, they've shown that they have a lot of potential in this system, and the scary thing is that their young players are getting better. Yeah, you like that. You like what you see from Dan Witte. You like what you see from Karis LeVert, who's people played lose, well. People lose sight of that. People lose sight of the fact that D'Angelo Russell's 21, Rondé Hollis-Efferson, who seems to have a mid-range jumper yeah, now. Yeah, which he's impressed me a lot. There's a couple of people who have impressed me with the Nets earlier season. He's been one. 22 uh, years old. Also, Jared Allen, the minutes he's come and played in, yes. the Nets look like they hit something on that pick. Yes. So kudos to their front office once yeah. again. Dan Witte's 24, Karis LeVert's 23. Three, yeah, yeah, he's my age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you look, when you look around the league, um, obviously Giannis has been balling out of his mind and looks like somebody that can't be stopped right now. Yeah. I don't like talking about people who are early favorites for MVP after six games. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's stupid. Not in October. Yeah, like Come let's on. not let's not talk about that. Uh, I was, well, actually, I was at the Knicks home opener, which was a disaster. They blew oh, a twenty-one right. point lead. Um, but it was cool because I got to take my daughter to her first Nick game. But outside of that, it was a disaster. Yeah. And the learn, learn, learn how to deal with pain early. Yeah, I just hope she doesn't have to <laughs> deal with too much of it. But the, the Knicks fans were chanting, some Knicks fans, I won't say all of them, were chanting Przingis, who's played very well early in the season, yeah. uh, three 30-point games out of four, yeah. and has had – and they were chanting MVP, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Anyway, oh, in New York, I mean, you know. Come on. <laughs> well, they got to cheer about something this year, so we'll, we'll say that. You've got the Magic, who are 4-1. Yes. Um, I would say they haven't beaten anybody, but they had a good win against the Spurs. The Bucks are 4-2. The Celtics are 4-2, despite the Gordon Hayward injury. Um, mm -hmm. we, talked about we talked about Giannis a little bit. I mentioned him. The, the Celtics, I've been very impressed with their young players. Uh, Tatum and especially Jalen Brown, yeah. who stepped up well. And I think, I think this is an interesting could be an interesting experience this season for the Celtics, and maybe they will, some of the young players are going to have to grow up fast. Yeah. What do you think about that, and what are they still contenders? I don't see them as title contenders anymore, but I see this as a situation where young guys can learn on the fly. No. Not a title contender. <laughs> I love when Brian gives a word more than answers. He's like, nope. No. Like, that's just it. Like, no, they're not. Um, I, they're, I agree with you. I even, even with Gordon Hayward, though, like, I was like, nah, man. Like, they still didn't have enough. You've got to show me more. Than just, I mean, granted, Isaiah Thomas' injury is going to keep him out for longer than I anticipated, and yeah. I'm sure other people did initially. Yeah. Like he's probably going to be out till January-ish. That's what people are saying. So, January. Uh, yeah, but I still think that. I mean, with LeBron there, it's just really the difference for me in the East. Are you surprised the Cavs? They've they've struggled. They lost three out of four. Are you surprised at this point now? They are three and three at the time we're recording this podcast. Are you surprised with how badly they've struggled? I, I not because of the amount of players, eight new players they have on the roster. Yeah, I'm not a surprise. That's why I'm not. Yeah, I, I, yeah, go ahead. It's also, like, with the Cavs, it's also, like, they do this. I mean, teams with LeBron have done this in the past where early on they just can't seem to, like, really gel, get it together. And LeBron teams recently, because they're always chasing a championship, there seems to be a lot of movement going on in the offseason leading up to the actual regular season. Mm -hmm. And with that, Kyrie Irving obviously being the big piece that moves, 
you get Isaiah Thomas, who's not even able to play yet. Dwayne Wade, mm -hmm. we know that he's not what he was, although he still can give you, like, a lot. He's kind of shown flashes of that. I think it was last game, was it, where he, yeah. he like, had a two-handed dunk or whatever. Like, he can still get up, apparently. But he's not going to be what he was before. So, a lot of things still need to gel. On paper, they're deeper than they used to be. They used to be, like, a team that had, you know, trouble with guys who were too old. They weren't athletic on the wing. Now they got Jay yep. Crowder. So they got all these things going on. Um, my favorite thing that happened in the NBA season so far, though, is uh -oh. I want to get into the dirt. Like, we could, uh -huh. we could only do so much actual basketball analysis. I want to talk about Lonzo Ball and Patrick Beverly. Oh, man. Particularly Lonzo Ball. Well, I'll talk about Lonzo Ball with everybody because everybody's <laughs> coming at him. Lonzo versus everybody on his shirt. And particularly Beverly in, the, in Lonzo's first game. Um, he was all in Lonzo's grill. That's my guy. All over the court. He was in his face letting him know. I thought Lonzo Ball was going to have a lot of this happen this year. People are going to come at him. Particularly much because his father talks too much. Mm -hmm. um, and he's been titled. He can say what he wants to say, but he talks a lot and is hyped to set up. So you knew people were going to come at his neck. Like, we Happen. all knew that was going to Happen. happen. Yeah. Um, you like, you like Patrick Beverly coming oh, at him. Patrick Beverly is one of my three favorite players in the NBA. Patrick Beverly. Four. Four player players in the NBA. Uh oh, the list is going to expand. Is Patrick Beverly on the same level as your admiration for Freddie Gibbs? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what we need to know. Is he on the same level as the admiration of Freddie Gibbs? And for people who don't know, we went through the entire live podcast, and I didn't even mention Freddie Gibbs. Well, well uh, never mind. Um, what's it called? So with Patrick Beverly, with Patrick Beverly, he's one of my favorite players in the NBA because he's – He's just a dog. Like, everyone, every successful team needs something like that on their team. Like, somebody who's like him. Like, I would love it if, let's say, I had a favorite team and he was on that team. Like, yeah. yes. Like, I would love. In 2K, I might trade for him. <laughs> like, I'm dead serious. In 2K, I might actually pull the trigger and try to get Patrick Beverly on my Yeah, he's squad. somebody that's going to get up in your grill. Yeah. He's I know some people who don't you. like that, though. Like, well, don't like it. You see, I yeah. see Patrick Beverly's a guy you like if he's on your team, but if yeah. he's not on your team, you're not feeling him. Like you Kevin don't. Garnett. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I respect him as a player too. So he got in Lonzo's grill. Everybody's coming for Lonzo, and you hear all this talk about who's Lonzo playing against. Now, the Wizards the other day, and I watched this game, Ooh. Wizards versus Lakers. I had to say, it was, I think it was ESPN game the other night, and Marcin Gortat decided to open his mouth and pretty much said, I'm paraphrasing here, you know, John Wall was going to give him buckets. Yeah. I think he said he was going to torture him for 48 minutes. Yes, if yes. I'm correct. I think that was the exact quote. Good line. For 48 minutes, Good line. To, which I was, all, I was like, oh, man, I want to see this. Yes. Like, let's, let's see yeah. this. It's getting real spicy here. But it didn't get spicy. There was no spice to this at all whatsoever. <laughs> John Wall outplayed Lonzo Ball for three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter and overtime, John Wall had two points. And he missed the game-winning three, potential game-winning three. So basically, John Wall did nothing. Yeah. He did nothing at all whatsoever. Look, you can't have your man talk for you and say your man is going to do this, and then when you show up, you don't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, where I'm from, if you do that, you got to go somewhere. Yeah. Like, Marcin Gortat, they should have just suspended him two games for that. Like, you can't talk <laughs> that spicy and then not show up and do anything. And John Wall didn't do anything. G-code. And John Wall, what's up? You didn't even back your man up. Yeah. Like, what's going on? That's true. That's he didn't true. back his man up. That's true. I, but, and Lonzo gonna... didn't play great in that game. Um, but he got the win, though. Mm -hmm. Just saying. He, he got the win. Um, for the most part, I mean, he, you've seen in Lonzo, like, how he can play. I mean, it's very exciting 
to just kind of think that what he could be amidst all of the, the BS going on around him. Ben Simmons is somebody else who's really impressed me so far, too. Yo, he's better. Than, he's come along. Like, he's better than I thought he was going to be. Yo, I thought he was going to be good. It's funny. That was an, a direct quote from uh, Rick Carlisle the other night who said that he thought he was better than that he would be in the Sixers win over, over the Mavericks. Um, ben Simmons has played extremely well. Um, he's looked good. The same thing with him and Ball, I'll say, if they can ever get their jump shots to be respectable, then I think, and by respectable, I mean that when, you, when your jump shot's not respectable, that means when you pull up, dudes ain't even running out to, like, close out on you. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to let him shoot that. Yeah, like, we don't, we're living with that. We're living with that. <laughs> when it's respectable, dudes got to think and be like, yo, all right, like, I need to close out on this guy. Mm -hmm. If they get to the point where dudes actually have to close out on on them, then you know what it is. You know who was like that? We just mentioned him, John Wall. Yeah. When he came in the league, his shot was not respectable. Rondo's still like that. Rondo's shot never been respectable. <laughs> After 12 I'm not, years. I'm not sure it's ever going to be. Do you res is, is, is Lonzo Ball's uh, shot respectable? Not right now. Not the, no, no, no. I'm talking about his form. I don't care about, like, whether his shot yo, is good or not. Nah, I'm, I'm of this. Yo, I don't care. I don't care how you shoot it. If it goes in, it goes in. If it's I care. working for you, that looks like, it works. That looks like trash. I'm not saying I want to watch it. I'm, it, doesn't, it doesn't look like Ray Allen. It doesn't look like Steph Curry. <laughs> but not saying that he's ever going to shoot like those guys because he probably won't. But, I mean, if he starts making it, it's fine. You know who has a nice-looking jump shot? Who? Dirk Nowinski. The reason why I bring that up is because uh -huh. what do you make of him giving all this money back to Dallas and they're one and six to start another season where they're going to be awful and Mark Cuban keeps mm -hmm. getting him to take pay cut after pay cut after pay cut, and Dallas wants to get another title, and they're not going to get it, and Dirk's going to retire having only one championship, losing all that money, and not getting anything from it. Yeah, I'd be mad. I'd be like, look, I, did, I took less money basically over the last four to six years, and then what have you put, what have you put around me? Harrison Barnes. Wesley, Wesley Matthews. Wesley Matthews. You find Nerland's Noel. Seth Curry. Oh, yeah, that's going to get it done. Seth Curry. Yeah, Seth I, mean, I mean, that's why, look, this, this is why I'm, I've had this conversation with my boy all the time, and he always said he was a Laker fan. He never faulted Kobe for taking the big contract. And he's like, look, you only have a finite amount of time well, yeah. as, as a player. Now, yeah. did Kobe handcuff the Lakers and what they could do? Absolutely yeah, no doubt. Yeah, but so what? But you know what? Kobe's value to that franchise and what he had given them, Look, I ain't mad at the brother getting paid. That's I'm what not I was mad gonna at say. If someone, if someone offers, if you know, if you know a company has a certain amount of money left in their budget and they're mm -hmm. willing to throw you that amount, like a, a large portion of it, are you gonna be like, nah? I think we should take a pay cut and get such and such and such. And and no, and anybody who's criticizing the person who's doing that. I'm going to just keep it real. We don't believe you. We need more people. <laughs> I don't believe you in that at all. Don't tell me you're not going to do that. I don't buy that. One second. Real quick. I want a Utah Jazz update from Matthew Feniza. Do you have a headset? You don't have no, a headset today? No, we're going to get it from him in a second. So second. come over here and give us your Utah Jazz. No, no. We're, we're, we're gonna, we'll take a break. When update. we come back, we're going to get him to talk about his Utah Jazz upside. Our producer, Matthew Feniza, is a we're, big Utah Jazz fan. We're ghetto I, here today. And I spoke, with, I spoke with Matt about this earlier that people thought yeah. the Jazz were going to be offensively challenged, and they have been looking a little bit better than what people might have thought. And the boy Donovan Mitchell, that man can cook. Woo! He's cooking. Like, uh, Donovan Mitchell's been looking pretty good. The Nets so we like come back. Them. We're going to see what Matt thinks about his jazz. He's like the only jazz fan in America. Not in America. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say in New York where we, where we film and we record this podcast, he's probably the only jazz fan. But he's a loyal jazz fan. Um, he's not going anywhere. He's like, Gordon Hayward's not here. We're still good. We're not worried. 
we're still here to stay. Uh, we'll be back. When we come back, we're going to ask Matt what he thinks about the Jazz. We are also going to talk a little bit about how things got real in the NFL again with the Houston Texans and their owner making some dumb comments. Uh, a baseball player on the Astros. A lot of things bad going on in Houston right now. On the Houston oh, Astros. Yeah, yeah. Making some idiotic, making idiotic racist gestures. Yeah. Um, and how we're not here for that. So we're going to come back. We're going to talk about that in segment two of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. It ain't hard to tell where to get the latest merchandise from Backpack Broadcasting. Gear is now available via TeePublic. Visit the Backpack Broadcasting TeePublic online store to get shirts, hoodies, mugs, and phone cases. Represent your favorite Backpack Broadcasting shows, including the Sports Walk, Sideline Stories, and of course, the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Check out the special offers for our podcast listeners at http colon backslash backslash t dot pub backslash lic backslash backpack. Get in the game with your official backpack broadcasting here today. What's up, listeners? You know sometimes how it can be hard just to get from point A to point B. Now, when I have to get anywhere and I don't want to deal with the hassle of public transportation, it ain't hard to tell how I get around. I always make sure to use the best car service app in the game. I'm talking about Lyft. Lyft offers rides in minutes. All you have to do is download the Lyft app, request a ride, and you will be on your way quickly. Lyft is all about happy riders and happy drivers. Take a ride with them and you'll see why 9 out of 10 rides end up with a 5-star rating. Lyft always has amazing offers for new customers. And I'm here to tell our listeners about a great offer today. Lyft is currently offering free ride credit to Ain't Hard to Tell listeners. If you are new to Lyft, then you are eligible and getting your credit is easy. All you have to do is download the app and use the promo code AHTTPOD to unlock your free credit today. Ain't hard to tell who has the best car app service. So use the code today and ride out loud with Lyft. Sports Guru is the place where fans talk about sports via video. All videos are 60 seconds or shorter. Sports Guru makes the video look more professional and fun by adding automated on-screen graphics. You can follow your favorite sports by team, trending, new, or by people you follow, and more. Type in the title of your video and it will automatically, that's right, auto-magically go into your on-screen graphics. It's just that simple. Tag your teams and publish sports. Let's talk sports. That's All right, welcome back. Uh, episode 7, Ain't Hard to Tell Podcast. We are back here. And right before our break, we were talking about our producer, executive producer, Matthew Feniza, who is a huge Utah jazz fan. One of the few in New York, Ugh. Utah jazz guy. Um, and Matt... You know, he was wasn't too heartbroken when he the Gordon Hayward went away east to the Celtics. Cause, cause he, he was knew. like he was like, Yo, Dex, we're gonna be all right. We're gonna knew. be fine. Yeah. We are going to be okay. Matt. Yeah. What's up, man? How's it going? Good. <laughs> how you guys uh, doing? How, how are you feeling about the Jazz right now? Um, three and three you, jazz. you guys are three and three. Offensively hasn't been as rough as maybe some people thought you guys would be. Uh, I know you like Donovan Mitchell. I do. And I told you I liked him. He's he's cooking real well. He is. Um how you feeling about the Jazz right now? Do you miss Gordon Hayward? No. <laughs> Damn. That was a Brian answer. Yeah. I take it from Brian. I don't miss Gordon Hayward. Um, people 
Because you knew he was going to Boston, right? Yeah, I did. And um, you, you threw it in my face as soon as you heard the rumors. And <laughs> I knew it was true because Brian has some good sources. <laughs> but uh, as soon That's as That's some people don't give him credit for. Yeah, people don't give him credit mm. for. Uh, mm. was Kevin, I want to yeah, say. Give, him, no, give, him no. credit, give Brian credit where credit's due. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. As soon as he was hurt, people came up to me saying, yo, Hayward. I'm so sorry, man. I said, why? He's not on my team anymore. I don't care. So he's gone. My love for him is still there as a player, but he's not leading my team. Uh, as far as the Jazz, three for three, not the greatest. Um, they, I expect them to do a little bit better. Their offense is lacking big. I mean, they lost against Phoenix. That was not a good look. That was a terrible look. That's true. They lost against the Clippers the game before, and DeAndre Jordan just knows how to run that team. He's a leader on that team, so I understand he got they got hammered in the paint from him. But they need a. I mean, Rubio's Rubio's you know taking control. He's he's stepping up more than I thought he would. Um, Mitchell's doing well. He I feel like he's filling in the role where Hayward would be. So I'm kind of proud of the kid. Um, Hood was injured the first two games, so he had to step in, and he got the two starting roles, and he performed, which I was proud of. You're giving Go a serious answer. Gobert's the man. <laughs> What'd you expect? <laughs> what did you, you expect? You thought it's, he was going to bring jazz. it? It's my jazz. Yeah. It's my jazz. Gobert's the man. I wasn't but. expecting such hardcore analysis. I just want to ask you what, what color jersey, uh, what color Donovan Mitchell jersey you're going to get. I don't know. I like those gold joints they got. I do like those. The new uh, the alternates. Yeah, I do like alternates. those. And um, as far as the advertising things, they have in the jerseys nowadays. Are you jazz. getting phone posits to go with it? No, I don't. I don't wear phone posits. I don't know what that is. I mean, I wear fans. It's like, yo. It's like, yo. What's a phone posit? Yo, he's trying, he's trying to be a nah. stylist now. Yeah, man. No, but like I said, Jazz, Phones. I feel like they should be doing better. They beat OKC, and that game was great. You saw the highlights with me. They knew how yep. to pass the ball around. Rubio and Gobert. It's kind of reminding me of Stockton Malone, but that's another whoa, story. Whoa, whoa, I said it's reminding, whoa, it's reminding, whoa. Hey, Rubio has stats that only three other players, I think, have. Yep. Don't quote me on this. And, Sto and Stockton's one of them. With his turnover yeah, ratio. Yeah, Stockton's one yes. of them. So he's kind of like that player. So you're feeling good. Overall, you're feeling good about the Jazz. They should be doing better, but, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Rubio uh, still can't like shoot. The middle. Yeah, yeah, no, he can't. I agree with you on that. He <laughs> cannot shoot for anything. So for, fr for friends of the podcast – there's a Utah Jazz report. Yeah, yes. too much of it. We, 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 will, we, we, we will check in with uh, Matthew Feniza later in the season. Please. Uh, later in the episode. Uh, probably. We'll yeah, probably have a comeback later in the episode, yeah. too, about how the Jazz are doing. But we're going to move on to the uh, lovely city of Houston, Texas, which Houston, you know, they've had a, a, a rough year, um, obviously, with the, the hurricane, the devastation, yeah. the, the people yeah. there have been hurting, uh, the flooding. You've actually been to Houston. Uh, everything now. I've been to Houston, nice yeah. city, uh, very nice people, very humid in the summer, but I really like it down there. But, you know, the theme has lately been Houston strong, but like, last couple of, the last week in Houston, it's mm -hmm. been Houston wrong. Mm -hmm. Things have not been going good at all. Okay, like not good at all. First, we're going to start. Let's, let's take with the NFL. We've, we've given the NFL a lot of grief uh, this year so far. And the Texans owner, Bob McNair, was quoted uh, in an interview, which he was talking about the players and their protests, Brian, and how he felt about that. And he said, quote, we can't have inmates running the prison. I'm going to let that say asylum. He just said prison. Prison. So I'm going let to that, let that breathe for a second. Um, what? <laughs> what were your thoughts? We're laughing because we're laughing, yeah, we have yeah, an yeah. update on our rundown. Um, and if 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 you I, the show within the show, if you look at somebody like Bob McNair, 
who turns 80 in I hate to say, I, like I hate to say it's become starting to become this and it sounds real judgmental yeah. but when I look at Bob McNair and I hear those words yeah um, which have a very negative connotation yeah I'm like yo I'm not I'm not surprised yeah I'm not surprised. He looks like somebody who would say that. He looks like somebody who would say that about a league that's 70% African-American. Yeah. I have my thoughts on that. What were your thoughts on what he said? Um, and then, obviously, the Houston Texan players uh, in their game on Sunday, they decided to protest. The majority of the players, I think except for four, took a knee. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that was going to do against Bob McNair. I'm a little bit over the kneeling and the fake unity. I've said this before. What do you think about Bob McNair's comments and the players' response to that? I think, I mean, I wasn't surprised when I heard it because of all those things we said and not even just getting to how he looks or whatever the case may be or the fact that he's in Texas, but the fact that he's an NFL owner, I kind of expected. I'm more surprised that when it's an NFL owner and they're the opposite. Progressive. Yeah, I can't. I don't know if, there, if there's one coming to mind right now. No, I, think Paul, I think Paul Allen with the Seahawks is. Yeah, 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 I think he's yeah, shown yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, also, he's in Seattle. I mean, yeah. that also kind of helps. Yeah. Just being in that city. But, but I'm not going to speak for anybody else. Yeah. Yeah, with the whole Houston thing, it's just you saw a couple players respond. Dwayne Brown responded. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins didn't show up to practice. Best response. Best response. The, unfortunately, you're putting, if you're an owner, you're putting players in a position where it's like the best they can do is not show up. And the players don't want to not show up because, you know, they want to get paid or they love their sport, rightfully so, but then it still causes players or, no, people to look at players like in Dallas, for example, people to look at Des Bryant and Ezekiel Elliott be like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Like, why don't you just, like, not show up, not play? But then they're like, I don't want to not play because I, I love football. I want to be out here. Like, these are my brothers and all this and that. But everybody's like, your owner's racist. And it's, it's just trying to, you know, force upon them, like, to take a stance. Some people don't want to lean left, lean right, lean right, lean wrong, whatever the case may be. Some people don't want to pick a side. They just kind of want to focus on them. But now we're in a climate, as you know, we can't just focus on the thing we do. We have to be out there and cognizant of these other things. I think when you look at these comments from uh, Bob McNair and you look at the comments that you've seen from Jerry Jones, um, and I'll get to that, I thought Jerry Jones put the players on Dallas in a tough situation where I'll speak on this because yeah. as a black person, I think the black community will look at these players like, what, what are you guys going to do? You're right. going to let this man tell y'all what to do? Exactly. And, and, and that's, I think, how a lot of people are looking at situations like this with these players. I like what DeAndre Hopkins did. DeAndre Hopkins is one of the more higher-profile guys on the team. He has a lot of guaranteed money. He said, yo, I'm not here for this, and went home. And what were the Texans going to do? What did they put out a statement saying? He took a personal day. <laughs> we know it wasn't a per- personal day. Was He didn't want to be around that negativity, that racist negativity that came from his owner. Now, here's what you want to say. This might not be directly linked to racism in statements, but it's interesting when you use the word inmates. Okay, in a league that's 70% African-American. And some of the causes that people are taking a knee for are prison reform, okay? Are the mass incarceration in the prison industrial complex that people are talking about that's going on. People are trying to fight against these issues. And you have this guy calling a league that's 70% black inmates running the prison. And you also, when you say prison, you're assuming that these people are criminals. He didn't even say asylum. Yeah. As you brought up before, he said prison. I think we're getting to this point where now it's like, yeah, I do kind of look at some of these players like, what are you going to do? Because 
when is enough enough? When has it become so much disrespect that these guys are just saying stuff and you're going to be like, yo, this isn't about the paycheck anymore. This is beyond that. Sometimes I think when it comes to something, it becomes beyond that. And I think we're, we've, we might have already been to that point. We might have already passed that point. Maybe. It, 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 we're beyond the kneeling, I'll say that. Yeah. It's beyond that. So now it's time for something different. If dudes who had high profile but, said, you know what, I'm sitting out, high profile guys, yeah. well, do, do fans are going to be upset. That's the next step. Fan, fans, who want, fans who actually care about what the players are protesting, which is a small amount, yeah. and the fans who actually like the sport, they're going to say, Yo, what am I coming to see? Ain't yeah. nobody trying to come see these second-string quarterbacks yeah. or second-string running backs or wide Nobody's trying to see that. We've had the kneeling. We've had the locking arms. So now the next step is just to not show up. That's what you're basically saying. Yeah. I mean, and I agree with that. How, what is it? Go- this guy called you. You know, people got upset when Trump said whatever. This guy's calling you. 45. Uh, Inmates. Yeah, we don't. We yeah. said it maybe for the first time. Yeah, we got to bleep that out. Now people are saying <laughs> calling you inmates. Where, what, like, where's the line being drawn? It shows you what this guy thinks of his players. Like I said, it's not even just a racial thing. Any, I'll even put any white player, anybody else who's involved in this in the league, no matter what their sensitivity is, right. there's no reason your boss should look at you as just dis- being a disposable worker. Yeah. I think every worker wants to be respected. Fortunately, in today's capitalistic society, too many people in ownership look at you like that. Um, so that, that is what you have. And I think that this is very problematic and it's disgusting comments from Bob McNair. But I'm not surprised. Now he's saying that's not what he meant to say. He should have better. Could we stop? We knew, but we, Could we stop you knew that? that was going to happen. The statement makes it worse. But in essence, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, like whether he puts out a statement no, after the fact or not. But you know what? For me, when I heard the statement, my reaction was like, okay. And you know what? That's how I like my racism. I like my racism served <laughs> up straight. I like knowing exactly where you stand, what you're about. Don't hide behind this. He came out and said it directly how he felt. This is him talking off the hip, talking. You know, he maybe didn't think exactly about his, his thoughts, but that's how he really feels. And that came out. I think Richard Sherman said the same thing. That's how he really feels. And I like my racism served straight up. I, like, I, could, look, I could look at Bob McNair, and I was, if I saw Bob McNair here right now, I'd be like, I see you, bro. I know yeah. exactly what you're about. I actually can't wait till the NFL season's over for this reason because <laughs> I want to see what happens after the fact where, okay, now we've had all this turmoil going on this season between the owners and the players. I think the, you know, the new CBA, the decision has to come on that relatively soon, and you know, there's going to be another lockout. Like, the way it's looking... I don't think there's not going to be a lockout, oh. judging by, like, everything that's going there's on. There's a lot going and on. And the league mm-hmm. is already – I feel like the NFL's already peaked. I feel like now it's starting the very slow decline, and that eventual and probably inevitable lockout will accelerate that. I want to see what happens after the season in between because we've already seen, like, Martellus Bennett. This is a big deal. Like, people are sleeping on this. Martellus Bennett just announced, I think it was yesterday, yep. that he's going to retire after the season. That's pretty significant because now he's not going to be working for the NFL any longer, which means, and we know Martellus Bennett, he's woke. He's very, very woke. He's been outspoken about this. He's someone that I think him, his brother Michael Bennett being another one, these are guys that are going to take action, rise up, and try to combat the NFL, the league that they used to work for, and they're trying to make a difference in those avenues beyond football 
upon their retirement. And Martellus Ben is not that old either. Like some of these He's guys, only th- thirty years old. They right? might, yeah. thirty or thirty-two. I can't remember. Players might start retiring these, early just guys, to you know get into their activism stages or whatnot. Guys like these, I think, realize that there is a life beyond football. And I hope that more players realize that and the importance of things beyond the game of football. Yeah. Moving on to other problems in Houston. <laughs> uh, that Houston man, y'all, it's just. More L's. Yeah, um, not Chris Paul's injury. Either. But this is with baseball. And I don't think I don't think we've yet to actually really talk about baseball. And we're now in the World Series uh, this week. So I think it's the first time we're actually talking about a baseball-related topic. We'll mostly talk podcast. about we'll mostly talk about baseball uh, yeah. during times like this. Yes. Instead of you know. But <laughs> uh, we're in the World Series and Dodgers are playing the Astros and Yuli Gurriel did one of the dumbest things I've ever seen somebody do after hitting a home run. It's amazing. People get mad at bat flips, which I think the people, those people are corny. Yeah. And you, we, we, you talked about that in the yeah. sports world. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not the people flipping the not bats. Not the people flipping the, the bats. People the people criticizing the people yeah. flipping the bats. bats. I, think they're, I think they're corny. Y'all can pound um, Sam. Yuli Gurriel hits a home run off of you, Darvish. Yuli Gurriel, uh, just for context, is from Cuba. Yeah. Yu uh, Darvish, just for context, is a Japanese pitcher. Yeah. Uh, pitching for the Dodgers. He formerly pitched for the Rangers. Yeah. Uh, will be a free agent this year. Yeah. One of the best pitchers in baseball. Baseball analysis. And after Guriel hits a home run, he goes back on the bench, clowning with some teammates. I'm not going to do this gesture, but he decided to pull the side of his eyes Slant uh, them, yeah. to, to make them look uh, slanted or more Asian feature-esque is what he attempted to do. Look, I'm going to be point blank on this. It's offensive. It's racist. It's wrong. Simply that. There's really nothing else to be said by that. Uriel, Uriel, Uri Guriel, excuse me, is a 33-year-old man. I don't want to hear he didn't know. I don't want to hear he didn't know his offenses. You, you need to know better. He played in Japan professionally. Yeah. Yeah. What, so. <laughs> what does that mean? Like, what, what, how, did you like think he was, how did you think that was funny? I think I also thought that wasn't he in the dugout? He was I'm, in the dugout, yeah, and the, so cameras, the cameras, yeah. caught him, he, cameras caught him. I'm doing it. 100% sure he thought he was, like, not being watched, which leads me to believe, I mean, maybe this, maybe this isn't the first time he's done that. Maybe he had a home run off of Michael Pineda and did something else before, you know? I, one, <laughs> I don't think it's the first time that he's done it. I don't. I, he's not, not that it matters not if that it's matters. the first time. I'm but, not buying his apology. Oh, I deeply offended everybody. Yo. Yeah. You, you, I don't, you say that when I you get caught. I don't know what his feelings are towards the Asian people, the Asian community, but the bottom line is he's racist. My yeah. thing was, and I was talking to my friend the night it happened, and he's like, yo, what do you think Major League Baseball is going to do? And I said, yo, I think they're going to come down real soft on him. I think they're either going to find him or they're going to suspend him for next season. What happened? Rob Manfred comes down with his decision and is like, oh, we're suspending Yuri Gurriel five games for next season. Yeah. Oh, really? World Series. Oh, so you can just do some racist stuff during the World Series, but we're not going to punish you during the World Series. We're going to just be like, oh, you'll play the next game, and maybe everybody will forget about it. Yeah. Five games of a 162-game season, by the way. Yeah, really going to hurt the Astros. (laughs) Really going to hurt your regret. Now, it hurts his pockets. He will lose about $300,000. But I'm sorry. I think leagues need to send a message. If you, do so, if you did something like this at your job, I did something like this at a job I worked, anybody did something there, and you did something of that nature, was offend, you would find that direct punishment immediately. Yeah. They've been awaiting you. Oh, so we're going to give it to you seven months later, six months later, whatever the gap is? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So and now you could play the World Series. And now he's going to take sensitivity training in the offseason, <laughs> and that's going to change everything. <laughs> and he's now had an apology to the Asian community who – should be outraged and should be upset over this. And there are a lot of Asian baseball fans 
Uh, Asia is one of the places where baseball is prominently played other than the United States and Latin America and parts of the Caribbean. Yeah. That, there's a huge amount of fan base there, Brian, and I think baseball dropped the ball literally in not suspending this guy immediately. Would it hurt the Astros? Yeah. But you know what? That sends a message to the league that racism is not tolerated here for anybody. And Yuri Gurriel, my message to you is you are also a minority. You should know better, bro. Yeah. You should know better. And that, that kind of leads to my thing with this. is like, yo, uh, a lot of people aren't paying that much attention to it, one, because it's baseball, and two, this isn't black and white racism, which, as we know, racism doesn't have to be black and white. No, it does not. So that's kind of why this has fallen under the radar and it hasn't surprised me at all but I agree I think that I think that if this was the NBA for example Adam Silver I think he would have suspended whomever that player was for much longer Even than if just it was five NBA games. finals probably would have been susp- maybe he gets a game or two in the finals that I've been fine with that yeah I've been fine with that. That holds a lot more magnitude than five regular season games. I even games. would have been fine if they gave him two games in the World Series and the rest were, and he missed maybe the first month or so of the season. Maybe that's a little much. Yeah. The first two weeks or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have said to me, hey, you're going to miss impactful games, and we're not just going to push this back to, to next season. But that's enough of that. Houston, be strong. Do better. Please. All right, we're going to take it back. When we come back, we're going to talk some hip-hop. This guy right here, Brian Fonseca, got some love. From Uncle Joe Budden, who, who we're, we're a fan of. Uh, he wrote a great article that Joe yeah, Budden yeah, showed him some love for. A sticker. On there, yeah, right there. Right he's got here. some love with Joe Budden. <laughs> Joe Budden and his interaction with, with the Migos earlier this year, which I loved. I was here for that. I loved it. I absolutely yeah. loved it. We come back, we're going to talk a little hip-hop, what we've been listening to, some new albums that came out, what's going on, all on the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. The new sports web series is here. It's from Backpack Broadcasting, and it's called The Sports Walk. The Sports Walk is a series where diverse sports fans take a walk and share their views at the intersection of sports and society. The entire first season is now available on Backpack Broadcasting's YouTube channel and BackpackBroadcasting.com. See what other sports fans have to say about a variety of issues in the world of sports. Watch all 13 episodes from Season 1 and take The Sports Walk today. Welcome back to the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Dexter Henry and Brian Fonseca here. Thank you for watching on YouTube, listening on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Google Play. That's, that's everything? Where, that's, that's, everything? That's, that's everything. That's where you can find us. We are everywhere. Uh, follow us at AHTTPodcast on Instagram and on Twitter. Yeah. That's where y'all can find us, talk yeah. to us, interact. Um, talked a lot about sports so far. We always like to try to get into some other stuff. Yeah. Uh, right now, we're going to get into some hip-hop. And concerning hip-hop, uh, you wrote an article this week that got some love. Uh, you wrote a feature on Joe Budden on why he's become one of the most prominent, uh, influential people in hip-hop right the now. The most right now, probably. Right now. And you wrote it for Def Pen, who you do some uh, work for. Yeah. And Joe Budden gave it a great cosign. Gave you the retweet, the cosign. I saw on Facebook you called it a top five moment in your career. Which at some <laughs> point, we're going to have to go into that list of like top five moments in your career <laughs> as a sports journalist. That's another topic for another day we have to do. I don't even know what those are. I, I kind of know some of them, but that would be good to do. That's but, good for December. Yeah, but this... This is something that you said was important to you. I read the article. I thought it was a really great feature. Obviously, Joe Budden, he was feeling it, too. Yeah. Um, what inspired you to write this? Um, so I just came home one night, probably from working, and it was midnight, and I just kind of sat there in front of my computer. I had a document open. I had been wanting to put something else on Def Pen. Uh, I had some time. 
I guess you can call that time because I would I wasn't trying to go to sleep at like Look, midnight. Time, 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 time is money. And you know, I, knew, I knew I didn't have to get up that early the next morning. So I just kind of sat there and it, it just kind of all hit me at once. Like, damn, I've been following Joe Budden for a minute. Pump It Up came out when I was nine. Exes and a whole bunch of other things, Padded Room and all that, um, other mood musics, like all that came out when I was in high school, basically. So I've been following him through then, in high school especially, because that's when Slaughterhouse formed. So right. I was really listening to him a lot there. And after that, you had No Love Lost, Some Love Lost, All Love Lost, Rage and the Machine, which actually, that was another thing, was that I know that the album came out uh, a year ago. Just before you wrote this. Yeah, right you, around that time. And you told me you were listening, you were really kind of listening to it again. The whole week, yeah. by law. Uh, I've had it on repeat. I've re, I've re, you know, rediscovered my love for that song. For example, three. I love the intro, but things like that. So I had just been kind of following him and observing, like how he's been building his podcast, how he's been building himself through everyday struggle and avenues like that. On complex, right? Yeah, and the with Nadeska, Alexis, and DJ Academics, and the growth and the transformation from being this guy who's been cool to be hated to now it's cool to love him. Like, it's been, like, remarkable. Yeah, I'm not sure everybody does. Some people, Joe Budden's one of those people that's, like, he's kind of polarizing in yeah. hip-hop. A lot of people yeah. agree and with him. And we need that. We some need people don't, guys. and sometimes it's a very generational divide, which is something you see on Everyday Struggle with him and DJ Academics, but it's actually yeah. a reason I enjoy watching the show. Yeah. I don't tend to agree with DJ Academics a lot, but I still appreciate the perspective of both of them yeah. on there, and I think that's really good in yeah. that. So good job for you on that article and Joe Thank Budden. You. Uh, you know, he said, he said, he said, y'all bodied this read. Thank you. And when, I look, was like, whoa. Yeah. And, and whoa. It's, <laughs> that, that, that's some that's some good love when, when you can get that. I would love to know what Joe Budden, I'm sure they'll talk about it this week on Everyday Struggle. What he thinks about an album that dropped last week. Big, Crit. uh, Big Crit's album, Forever is a Mighty Long Time, dropped last week. Finally. It like, is, it's been three years since his last release. We've been talking about this because we're both Big Crit fans. Yeah. I have a hard copy of Life from the Underground. Funny story is that I think they came out, I don't remember if it was 2011 or 2012, but I graduated high school in 2012. Just showing and, your age, man. I, <laughs> Just showing your age. I, I was replaying uh, the outro and like Don't Let Me Down, like a couple songs mm -hmm. early, like on my way to like Sizzler after graduation with like my family and my yo, homeboy Brandon. Yo, I'm sorry, this is gonna be a, I, I, this came Let's up go the off other, topic. Let's this go. came up the other day. <laughs> Sizzler. Yeah. My boy asked me, he's like, yo, you remember Sizzler? And I was yeah. like, yeah, he's like, yo, what happened to Sizzler? And I was looking to see what has happened to Sizzlers on the East Coast. And they're like gone. The closest Sizzler to uh, New York, where we record this podcast, is in Florida. Like, they don't exist on the East Coast. But my boy, who I was speaking to, who lives in Arizona, Damn. he says there's still some out there. So Sizzler, that's just a random reference that you were going to Sizzler for graduation. Yeah, it was like, it was kind of like my dad's uh, go-to spot. Sizzler. Because there was one, like, it was a bus ride away from where, where I'm at in New York. But, uh, yeah, like, we were going there, and I was just listening to that Big Crit album, like, on, re like, just rerunning it, rerunning it, rerunning it. And this album. Yeah, what do you think of this oh album? Oh, my double, God. Double, double disc, and I have to say, <laughs> before, before, I, got, the track before I got into it, double disc, 11 tracks on each side, uh, two, one interlude on each, on each disc. And I shouldn't say disc, but double album if you want to say, no, who buys CDs? Um, <laughs> I don't. But um, 
I always get nervous about double disc because I think there are very few double disc albums, yeah. double albums that I truly enjoy. I think Life After Death is the best double disc album that's ever been made in hip hop. I was gonna say I was gonna name another double disc, but it, one, it's a mixtape, and two, it's very far off from Black. And Black I just Black. think they generally have a lot of filler. Um, they're not as concise and tight. Um, I so I was nervous about that 22 tracks, but I was surprised. You yeah. let me know what did you, what did you think of the album. Um, where do you stack it upon the hip-hop albums of this year that you've liked? Or just, like, do you think it's in there in that upper echelon of albums that maybe even released this year? Yeah, I mean, you know what it is is that, yeah, it's early, but I, actually, I heard Joe Budden, who we just spoke about, say something like this on Everyday Struggle not that long ago, where he's like, you can list the album, you, you don't know how good it is, I guess, right away, but you can tell what it's not. Like, it's not trash. Like, yeah. you can tell, like, it's sonically yeah, good. It's, yeah, yeah. And with I Big agree Crit's, with that. With Big Crit's album, 22 songs, there's maybe two, three that I'm like, eh, whatever. Yeah. And the rest of it, I'm like, he he did it. Yeah. Like, finally, because he had, you know, he had his thing with Def Jam, and I, I, I had realized that he hasn't been posting anything in a while. He's kind of gone quiet. Then he finally released the album. So, you know, he was working on it for a while. He wanted to, I feel like, I feel like this was one of those projects where maybe he made a bunch of songs, like 100 or something, and he just cut a bunch of them get the best 22 he could and probably didn't want to cut any more of it. I feel like a great story was told. I feel like yep, he... Yep, I agree. He really... I feel like this is all him. He had me right at the intro because the intro is actually what I've been replaying the most. I love that song because it reminds me of Mount Olympus. It does Mount a Olympus, lot. Mount Olympus is one of my favorite hip-hop songs maybe ever, and that's definitely my favorite Big Crit song. I think he I think he definitely put all everything... He said he, this was a quote from him. I think he tweeted out. He put his heart and soul into this. I think he definitely yeah. did... Um, I think sonically this album sounds great. I love the production. The lyricism, which you always know from Crit, is there. Yeah. I feel like he had his sound. He had his southern roots mixed in with a little classic soul. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. And I think he made the album he wanted to make. There's yeah. no forced features. The features are really good. Uh, you've got Lloyd on this album uh, coming back on a hook with a mm. beat done by Manny Fresh. Keep the you Devil got, Off is my morning song. song. You got uh, <laughs> T.I., you have uh, UGK, Bun B, with, uh, with yeah. you know, you got him on there. You got Jill Scott. Uh, you got Robert Glasper. If you're a big jazz fan like me, you like Robert Glasper's on there on some production. So this album is really sonically well. It tells a good story and a good message. Sort of, about, it's sort of like his coming of awareness of finding himself. Like, Word. he deals with this stuff through hip-hop, and as you go through to the end of the first disc, to the second disc, he's kind of finding the real self, because the discs are broken up into a Big Crit side and a Justin Scott side, his real name, and he's finding this awareness of himself and happiness, and, and so it, it's really good. It's really personal. I think the second disc is really personal. I probably actually like it better than the first disc. Um, but it's really strong album. I, I, I think people should hear it. I think it's one of the better projects that have come out this year. Um, I think some good projects have come out this year, and I think it's up there. It's barbershop time. It's barbershop yeah, so time. I, we got to do it. I well, think it's. I think it's. Where really where is it? Where is it? There are. I put. There are a higher level of projects that have come out this year, which I think four four four. I thought uh, all American badass. I thought. Um, damn. I, I, I put damn. Uh, I put Rhapsody's album in there. You only live twice. Um, that's not going there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think this is right there in that, in those albums. I think it's some of the better projects that I've heard um, so far this year. So I really, I really have it up there. I think I got to sit with it more. Yeah. But after I've listened to the album about five times through, and I'm really like, yo, this, this is solid. I want to finish digesting it, too. But I want to get into, we had a little bit of a debate early on before we got in here. Yeah. Uh, our rating system. So we were talking about albums. 
this kind of general now. We were talking about albums that are like eight out of ten at least, and eight out of ten is mm -hmm. what very good, just about great. Eight and a half is great, whatever. But I had said that this was probably the best year in hip hop since I don't know twelve, twenty twelve ish, maybe before, maybe even before that. I don't know what was the last like great, great year in hip hop. But I say that to say like there's been a lot, like a lot of great albums this year. Like I could have put together a top ten of albums that have been at least very good. You're probably not I, going to agree with all of them. However, I think that this year's been very strong. I think Crit's album is, is going to be there, like in that top 10. I, I don't think there's, I don't know if there's a consensus great album out of a group that we said. There's some that are very close. I think 444 is I think Damn is a consensus. Ex well, I, mean, I don't think it's great. I think it's very good. I don't think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I agree I, with there's that. Not, I, think I, that, I think that one, cons people like generally like, like it yeah i don't in my book i don't know if there's a bona fide classic this year i think it is, let's sit with things a little bit more this drop this year that you may have had in 2012 like a good kid mad city um but i think that there is it has been a good year there's no we saw about this before there's no doubt it's been a good year um for hip-hop I, I i've i've liked that um i i you know we'll see what else comes out towards the end yeah. but i think there's been some quality albums with some Personal reflection and depth of yeah, topics. Four, talk four, to four, 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 four. Rhapsody's album, even Joey's album. Um, I think this people have gotten real personal, and so you only live twice. In that regard, it was very personal. I'm going to ignore the Freddie Gibbs love. It was yo, 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 yo. We're gonna ignore the Freddie Gibbs. You want to get me started? No. You want to no. get me? Hey, we don't. We don't want to get you started. No, like nobody does. <laughs> nobody wants to do it. I thought the Freddie Gibbs. Album, I put that in the good range. No, 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 no. But I'm saying it was it was personal. Yeah, so well, when you're no, talking was, about personal personal. projects, yeah, just was a man who went to jail. In another country. The Freddie Gibbs story. For a rape that he did not do. And was acquitted of all the charges. Oh. Almost quit music. Had to go on the therapist. And make Crushed Glass? Come on, man. Look. look crushed Glass <laughs> is a song. For everybody. He wasn't eating Crushed Glass. But <laughs> for everybody. You can see that Brian is well versed in Freddie Gibbs. Um, no, I think it's been a, I think it's been a really good year. Vince Staples, for, you for said that you okay. I want to yeah. talk about yeah, that. I, I yeah, with, I messed with the Vince Staples album because I finally got around to listening to it, and it's a very different sound sonically. You got a very good fusion of hip hop with EDM, and I thought it was a very mm. interesting fusion, and I liked it. I found myself really liking it. I was I actually listened to it on two listens, one while walking with headphones on, and the other in my car, and I was like, yo. I really was vibing with a lot of songs. I really liked the first song single off the album anyway. I'd really Big been Fish. Big Fish. I've been playing that for a while. But to sit through it, it's very different. I don't think it's an album I'm always gonna consistently go back through, but I but I, too, I but I really liked what Vince Staples did there. And I like people who are this is what I've said about hip hop. I like people who are trying to push the genre, right? Not yeah. trying to stay in a box. Any artists that aren't trying to stay in a box, anything sonically, I think there are artists who do that. I think even Crit did that. Mm. I think Rhapsody did that. Mm. Um, I think Kendrick even on his album that is not staying in a box and you know trying to experiment with different sounds but also not being afraid to talk about things personally i think that's what makes hip-hop great and you have some artists who are doing that right now mm -hmm. before i want to get us to because we know sometimes we don't get to get into another topic um but there's some stuff that we've talked about like yo we got to talk about this on the show <laughs> or should we talk about this at a completely random and and come up all the time 
And Brian, before we get on the show today, came up to me with a completely wait, wait. I want to talk random question. Can I talk about why? Can I talk? Am I allowed I was to like, talk? Yo, where does this come from? Am I allowed so, to talk about why? Go, okay, yeah. okay. So. You can tell what the topic is too, because this is random as, as hell. I, Will I be like, giving wow. too much, in- Lewis? I'm looking at you. Will I be giving too much info away if 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 I bring this up to the people? Do you care about your your Lewis, our director of photography? Yes. Uh, who, who is? <laughs> Do you care uh, about your sanity, your your privacy? Or, I mean, or should I like, just bring it up? I don't really care, man. Like, it's... Okay, you don't care. It's, so, it, basically... Wow, okay, wow. <laughs> wow, all so, right. So, all right, so, never mind. <laughs> so, I was strolling to the bathroom, right? And he was there. He was obviously... He was taking a dump. And while he was doing that... Yeah, I'm not being very subtle. Yeah, you put him, all, put him out there. Yeah, so while he was doing that, I asked him, do you stand... Yeah, I didn't say you could say all that, bro. Like, what the <laughs> hell? Like, you don't got to be that brash, my man. Like, <laughs> Yo, like, now he can not only take a dump in peace, he now has you putting it out there on a podcast. This is an important... But, I mean, this is what everybody... Look, look who cares? Everybody's got to do it. Nobody cares. You know, yeah. you gotta, what, who cares? Yeah, and the world is not listening to this yet. So this is important that we get... <laughs> this is imp- out there for the world to listen to. Yes, but this is important that we get this out there now. Okay. So I asked him, does he stand or does he sit when he wipes? He said that he sits. I said that I stand, and he said that that was weird. And the reason why I bring that up is because I remember hearing on Lebitard show, they had a fight about the standing wipers finding the sitting wipers weird and the sitting wipers finding the standing wipers weird. Y'all are looking at me funny, <laughs> but this is an important... Right. So w- I think it's interesting to ask another person that in the bathroom. Yeah, that, that was one thing. First of all... The That's thing, because I thought of... I, thought I, of, I, I didn't I hear it the way he heard it, but I heard it from like a bus video. They did a whole video where they did like a debate between people who are standers and sitters. So we're not alone here. This yes, but you. at the same time, you were, I was in the bathroom in my own privacy and you were just like, yo... I had to rin- I had to rinse out. You know, no, 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 no. I mean, he, but just get to the back to the point here. You interrupted a private moment of him taking. No, he spoke to me first. All right, all right let's not get all that. All right, so, but okay, so if somebody, if I walk into the bathroom, somebody knows it's me, and I'm taking a dump, they speak to me. I'm the person like, yo, Dex, yo, man, what, what, what do you do when you, when you take a dump? You stand and wipe, or you sitting and wipe? Yeah, that was random. Like, it caught me off guard. It did. Ca- it, it did catch me off guard. I mean, I've heard it before, so I was just. Like wait what? But I was just like okay. That's like like and here's the thing. I have never thought to ask anybody that. I've never thought about what anybody else is doing and how they wipe. And to be quite honest, I don't care. Like a legitimate. Oh wait, so so do you stand or hold on? Yo, you're missing the point. (laughs) Why you why why you got so serious? You got so serious. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's why I want to know. No, here's the thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Okay. Number one. I don't care what somebody does. Okay. So he said, made up an interesting point that some people are upset. The standards. Yo, this isn't racism, bro. You could just say, no, no, no. Hold on, Yo, hold on. going I'm extra. Saying, I got something to say. The standards, he said the standards, some standards are upset okay. about sitters. Sitters are upset about standards. Or uh-huh. they think it's weird. That's what you said. Yeah, both, both think the other is weird for doing the I'm other. I was going to say this. Yeah. I don't think that, I don't think that it's weird because I think it depends on the situation where I am and what it is I'll do. Sometimes comfortably at home, I might sit down and wipe. Sometimes I might stand and wipe. I mean, I don't think it. I hope at home, guys, you're all seeing like the passion that he's saying this with. He's saying this is the almost passion, like it's a serious. No, there's no topic. passion. <laughs> I think it's ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous that it's so passionate to have a question. That's what I think. I think it's ri- kind of ridiculous. I think sitting is uncomfortable. Oh my gosh. I, what? I'm just saying. I think sit, I think sitting and doing it is uncomfortable. <laughs> I think that's just my I, I think people. Do so that's why I. That's why I'm like. That's why 
when you said, when you asked me if I stand, I was like, yeah, you said weirdo. And then I said, you're a weirdo because I think you're weird to having sit there and I'm, I, you know, just. See, it's funny because that's not the toilet thing that I think, the, to- the bathroom etiquette thing okay. that I think is weird. Let's get into the it. Bath- <laughs> <laughs> the bathroom etiquette thing that I think is weird, I think it only happens in your personal bathroom. Oh, I know what he's going to say. On, is how do you place your toilet roll? Oh, Are you somebody who I don't care. That's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Man is leaving here. I, I don't, I don't think, hit the cord. I think, people, I think two people who have the toilet paper hanging uh, as you pull down instead of pulling from the top, I think those people are weird. That, that is weird, but I thought you were going to go, what do you do in the bathroom stall when there's one person there and there's four stalls and the dude comes and pisses next to you? I could say piss, right? And a dude comes and pisses next to you. Never cared. What? We were what talking. Do you, what do you do? But we were talking. What are you going to do? Gonna, if I'm taking a piss, I'm gonna keep pissing. If it's a random dude, would you not feel uncomfortable if, like, literally, there's a whole bunch you of stalls and he goes like, right next to you? Like the meme where honestly, all those man, bathroom stalls are there and honestly, one dude is there and the other me, dude just walks over. I like to over. give people their space. Exactly. But if somebody comes next to me, I'm just gonna be like, well, what am I gonna do? Nah, I when mean, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like, what can I do? Because here's the thing: you're not gonna feel differently if there's two stalls. There's two stalls. What you gonna do? Oh, duh. But stalls, that's but, but like but, but no, that's different. But that's different. Not using all the options. No, that, that yeah, that's, 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 that's different. Yeah, that's, that's different. That's kind of different. You work with what you have. But uh, yeah, you work with what you have. That's pretty much it. Yeah, but like, would I come closer? I would give somebody their space. If somebody does that, I'm gonna feel like, eh, okay, whatever. They maybe they want it to be. Close. Nah, man. I'm gonna just look at you a type of way. Like, why are you trying to get so close to me? There's mad room over there. Go. Maybe give like my you. personal space, huh? Maybe they like you. Man, I'm good. When you go to the movie theater with dudes, do you sit one seat apart or do you sit right uh, next to them? Here we go. All right, at this point, <laughs> all right. This is important. It's yo, 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 Here's no. the thing. All that stuff I used to talk about. We're not wrapping up the show yet. No, and now I realize how immature that stuff was to worry about who you're sitting next okay, to. Well, you're talking to a 21-year-old and what, a 24-year-old? So it's just like. I'm not 24 yeah, yet. 23? 23-year-old. Yeah. All right, I'm off on you. I will be 24 Lewis. at a later date. And you know what? And you know what? I have to say no it's pretty it's it's immature and nobody cares doesn't mean anything at the end of the day you guys will learn that this has to be the most interesting t- ridiculous topic that we've talked about on the show this is what I want more of I want more of this oh, I thought you wanted more Freddie Gibbs uh. <laughs> Well, on that note, he's going on tour soon. On that note, <laughs> he's not a promoter. He's a promoter for Freddie Gibbs. Of course, now he's a promoter for Freddie Gibbs. Um, we want to thank you guys. Wait, but you didn't answer the question. What do you question? sit next to them or do you just sit a seat apart? As I said, <laughs> I stay, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for the stay next podcast where you'll find the answer. Yeah, you can find that answer out on the next podcast yes. of a with or without a guest. We will get to the bottom. We will of this. get to the bottom. Maybe we'll start asking maybe literally ridiculous questions. Maybe that's what'll happen. <laughs> um, we'd like to thank everybody for listening today. Remember, you can listen to a hard to tell podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn. You can watch it on YouTube. We thank you if you watch as well, too. That's it for episode seven. Seven mm. episodes already of the A Hard to Tell podcast. Thank you for all the topics. Uh, comment, share, uh, tweet at us. Let us know what you think. Help it's, us grow this thing. Help nice. us grow the thing. We, we, appreciate, girls. we appreciate the support. Um, and before I go, I do want to thank people who, uh, again, supported the live show, who have been supporting us, who've been supporting our gear with T Public um, and checking out our store and, and rocking the gear and really support us. I want to definitely say a thank you to those people. Um, so everybody who supported, please continue to support. We continue to grow yeah. um, and we appreciate that. Thank you. More good news to come soon. A Hard Tell Podcast. It's Brian Fonseca. 
You know what he does in the bathroom now. Now you know what I do in the bathroom. <laughs> Dexter Henry, <laughs> signing off. Stand when you wipe. Yo, Sanders are weird. <laughs>